Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. Today, I am delighted that my dear friend, Irina Stropnik, has joined me to bridge the 972 kilometers between Calgary and Vancouver. If you are taking a road trip, it would take 11 hours and 46 minutes via the Trans-Canada Highway. I promise it would be an unforgettable, breathtaking journey for you would be traveling through the majestic Canadian Rockies. Irina and I will be discussing hockey, which is defined as a game played on an ice rink by two opposing teams of six skaters, each who try to knock a flat, round puck into the opponent's goal with angled sticks. Hockey, as you can appreciate, is one of the most popular sports in Canada and is considered an essential winter pastime. Welcome and thank you, Irina, for joining me to discuss hockey. Hello, Rebecca. I'm pleased to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. It is good to have you here because I enjoy having a discussion with you and I enjoy the sport of hockey. Hockey has always been part of our family. We used to get together on Saturday nights and watch hockey games. Did you do that? I did, actually. And that's probably how I was introduced to the game. When I was a little girl and sitting next to my dad as he watched the games on Saturday night, I understand that they also televised the game way back when on Wednesday nights. And I remember watching with him, even though hockey was new to him as an immigrant, he grew up playing soccer and skiing, but when he came to Canada, he really embraced the game, not as a player, but as a fan, and, and that's how I first learned about hockey. How they work together as a team has always been something that fascinated me. When it's done well, it actually looks easy, but the amount of work that goes into being that orchestrated at that speed, making sure the passes get to where they need to, the shots get made. It takes a lot of work and there's a lot of skill involved. The top players make it look pretty easy, but it is not that easy. Most people, and I include myself in this category, watch hockey from a distance, whether in the stands or at home. But you are very involved in the sport. Could you tell me about your experiences and how you became involved? It's one of those things that I always wanted to do. So as much as I watched hockey as a kid, I never really learned to skate because I played soccer and skied like my dad. But I played in the driveway with my friends or with the neighborhood kids. And I always had a stick and a net and usually a tennis ball around. As I was getting older, I really wanted to learn how to skate and play hockey. So a couple of years ago, I had some things change in life and I decided I'm going to figure out how to play this game. I went to a secondhand sports store, got all the gear. I thought, I'm not going to buy brand new just in case I don't like it or I'm not very good at this. And I managed to find a group that would let me in all my beginnerness. That was two years ago, and it's been a fantastic journey. I've persevered. I spent a lot of time on the outdoor rink, honing my skills and my skating ability. And I went to power skating lessons, and I went to some skills clinics. 
And I have some fabulous sort of mentors that I play with that give me tips and tricks along the way that I can work with. And now I play four to five times a week, sometimes a little more than that. And it's been absolutely fabulous. How do you keep that energy going? It's really contagious. I find when I'm talking about hockey, the energy comes out. One of the reasons I wanted to do it first was to play hockey and see what the sport was all about. But the fitness that you get out of it, the energy that comes with it, some of the strength, all those things are part and parcel with spending that much time on the ice and hone the craft or at least get a little bit better at it each and every week. Well, we always think this is a sport for young people, but you're saying you're not that young anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Very kind. Very kind, Rebecca. No, I'm, I'm not that young anymore, but it's amazing how many women are coming to the game at this age because now a lot of the women I play with, they're done taking their kids to the rink and going to their practices and their games, and they're finally saying, I want to try this game for myself. So the majority of the leagues and and games I play in are women my age, many of them who have come to the game for the first time, or some that have come back to it after 15, 20, 30 years away from it as they were busy raising their families. It's fascinating to see us come together and the passion that they bring to the game and the excitement. And when somebody scores the first goal in in a long time or makes that good pass, it's just a joy to be a part of. I always imagine myself going out on the ice and feeling that sense that I am going into an adventure. That must be life-affirming. It is. It's amazing the confidence it gives you, not only on the ice, once you find your feet in the skating, once you kind of feel you belong in that arena, just the confidence, whether it's the physical fitness, some of the mental fitness that that comes with being active and engaged with a wonderful group of women, getting out there regularly, doing something out of the norm that brings you a lot of joy. And it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. We always think of hockey as competitive. Do you think that competitive in the sense of working together is something that you've experienced out there? Oh, most definitely. A few of the groups I play with, we just play shinny, which is pretty much we show up, we divvy up the people, and we play. No referees, no keeping score, none of that. But we still want to do well. We want to make the passes. You want to be a good teammate. What I've seen is that cheering each other on to get better, whether it's the fist bumps, the high fives on the bench, or cheering when somebody finally scores a good goal, or if the goalie makes a great save. I find I cheer for both teams along the way because we're there to be our best selves, whatever that is defined by each of us. But we still want to do well. We don't want to just go out there and skate in circles and have nothing happen. We work on our skills and make sure we make good passes and try to do the right things. Then seeing as people progress and improve and when you have that one shift where all the passes go right and it ends up in the back of the other team's net, there's a lot of pride that comes with that and a lot of joy. What position do you play? I tend to play a bit more forward. So the folks at the front who get a few more chances at net But I have played some defense as well. So I'm I'm a little bit versatile in that I can pretty much play anywhere. And if they gave me goalie equipment, I might even give that a try. 
but I tend to play forward the most. A big part of that was because my skating skills weren't very good when I started. So some of my mentors said, go play forward. You know, if you make a mistake, it'll be less costly than if you make that same mistake playing defense. But now that my skating is getting better, I tend to, to cycle back to the defense a little bit more as well. Is there a difference in psychology in playing those two positions? Definitely. I mean, the forwards tend to want to put the puck in the net. They're going to be kind of the go-getters. They're going to go do the forecheck, where when I play defense, especially, I tend to be defensive-minded. I get as much joy from stopping somebody scoring on my team as I do putting the puck in the net at the other end of the ice. It depends on your play. There's also defensemen that are very oriented towards scoring goals and making the big rushes up the ice. That's not my style by any means. There's definitely sort of a mindset difference between the positions. What I like is that you play with many different people. That gives you a broad range of experience going in different directions, doesn't it? It does. I play with some groups. We call it the developmental league. So it's women who are really new. We're just learning the skills, figuring out how to skate. But I also then play with people who are better than me. And it forces me to chase them and work on my skills so that I can keep up with them. But I get something out of both of those groups in terms of camaraderie, challenging me to be the best I can be. Sometimes, actually, the hockey is almost secondary. It's that time in the change room where we have these great conversations about, most often, not even about hockey, just about life and what's going on with people. Some amazing stories, some amazing women who have come through different challenges, trials, tribulations. They're finding their own joy on the ice and coming up to hockey and carving out that time for themselves. The sense of community is amazing. There's a sense of commitment to themselves. So they make sure they get to that game. They do. They are committed, whether it's 30 below, snowstorm, it doesn't matter. They carve out time and they make sure they're there. The core group of us, if somebody's missing, you're worried something's wrong because we are always there and we make that commitment to ourselves and to each other. We always think that there is going to be a leader in a team. You and I know that leadership is fluid. Sometimes one person is a leader and then another time another person is a leader depending on the skill sets. Have you found that as well in hockey? Most definitely. Sometimes it will depend on the nature of the game. Sometimes it'll be a skill set. One thing I'm finding is women are finding their voice by coming to the hockey rinks. Having been in business for so long, I feel I'm pretty comfortable in most situations and I can come in fairly confidently and talk to people and guide them along the way. But other women are having to find their voice and refine that confidence then seeing when they step up and giving them an opportunity to lead or take the important shift or shot and seeing how that leadership comes out is spectacular. So sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody else, but everyone seems to find their voice at some point, even within a game, depending on what's going on. You talk about skill sets. One of the skill sets is that you have to skate. How do you start hockey when you don't know how to skate? Very naively, if I can say that. I knew enough to skate that I could go in circles at the local rink. 
stops, the the turns that had to come with practice. And I remember the very first time I went out, little naive, little nervous. Well, didn't I catch an edge? And I just smoked myself into the boards. Just smoked myself. The good thing is I've played lots of sports. I'm used to falling down and that sort of thing. But for me, it was just perseverance and sheer determination and repetition, getting into some skating lessons and power skating, falling down lots of times. The good thing with hockey is you have equipment, so generally you don't hurt yourself when you fall down. Last year, throughout the pandemic, I spent hours on the outdoor rink across the street from my house, just doing crossovers and skating drills and stick handling drills. It was just that desire to be able to keep up at least at a certain level with the other ladies that I skate with, and so I could get the most joy out of the game. There's a sense of freedom when you skate. Just skate. Yes. Especially now that I can go a little faster and I know that I can stop. There's something about it that you just cannot replicate anywhere else. You can't run that fast. Being on a bike is very different. There's something about skating that's very unique. Irina, what kind of skates do you have? Is there something special that we need to think about as far as skating is concerned? I actually got a special gift for my 50th birthday last year. My parents bought me new hockey skates for my birthday. It was a bit of an unusual request. They always say, what would you like for your birthday? And I said, how about new hockey skate? So I went down to the professional skate store and I got measured and fitted. And I have these great Bauer Vapor skates now. And I absolutely love them. I feel like I'm a professional out there. But the thought that at 50 years old, I was asking for hockey skate for my birthday. It symbolizes what hockey means to me right now. So when you have the skates and you're skating along, you have to introduce the stick. How do you keep stable? Because the stick itself is quite heavy, isn't it? It's actually not now. The new sticks, they're made of all sorts of materials that make them pretty light, much different than in the old days where the old wooden sticks felt like you had a two by four in your hand. I actually find the stick, because it forces you to have a better body position, you get lower to the ice, it can help you along the way in terms of having a good skating position, and it almost acts as a bit of a third leg on a stool. It definitely helps you. It's very different to skate without a stick than with a stick. So you've decided to become a hockey player. You're all suited up. You're in the arena And you're taking that first step out into the ice. This is your first game. How did it feel and what happened? Oh, I was nervous. I was so nervous. I was at the rink, I think, an hour and a half early. (laughs) I was all dressed. I was ready because I didn't know anybody. I knew there would be this game going on, but I was so nervous. And I think that's why I caught the edge. That was the game where I slammed myself into the boards probably actually skated away from the puck more than I skated towards the puck because I just didn't want to get in anybody's way. They were skating way faster than me and way better than me. But I also knew from playing other sports, I knew where I needed to be. I might not be able to do much with the puck or get there very quickly, but I did enough that day that the gals who organized that particular game said, we'd be happy to have you to keep coming out. Out of that, within weeks, they asked me to come to another 
organized session. And from that, then I got asked to play in the developmental league. So it didn't take very long. I kind of had the right attitude, I think, in terms of I'm going to get good at this. I showed enough, obviously, that they thought, okay, this gal might figure this out. I persevered. I hung in there. And actually, somebody paid me a compliment. And I talked about the women supporting each other. It's those sorts of things that go on. Last week, I had a hat trick and I got a text a number of hours later, somebody congratulating me. Just out of the blue, somebody says, way to go, great hat trick today. It's that sort of support and camaraderie again and lifting each other up. We're cheering each other on and encouraging each other no matter what the level of play is along the way. If someone is afraid to try hockey, what would you recommend they do? If you look, there are what I would call sort of safe places to go try something for the first time. Even as simple as finding your local outdoor rink, getting a decent pair of skates. They don't have to be brand new. Getting a stick, getting a helmet, make sure you protect your head. But just getting out and giving it a try. I have to admit, I was afraid for many years because a lot of my friends played at a fairly high level. They were good skaters, good athletes. And then finally, I had that midlife point where I said, I'm done being afraid. I'm finally going to go give this a try. As I said, I was very fortunate. I found a group that just plays shinny, so not overly competitive, and they welcomed me. You can find some place to go. The good thing now is that women's hockey is growing. There are more and more groups my age, my skill, you know, just being new to the game, that they're also getting over being afraid and coming together and finding the community and playing hockey and having so much fun doing it. I actually read recently an article, and it was in part of Russia. A group of women, they had been going to the gym that was next to the local rink, and they saw hockey. They decided, we want to go try hockey. These women are in their late 70s into their 80s. Somebody got them together, got them equipment. First thing they did was teach them how to skate, eventually gave them some sticks, and now they have a league of 80-year-olds playing hockey in Russia. I just loved the story. I thought it was an absolutely fabulous story, and they had the pictures of all of them. It was spectacular. I am going to look for that. I'm going to put it on the post. Age doesn't necessarily predict what we are supposed to do. Fully agree. And this is teaching me that. I learned a little bit about that. You and I talked about curling last year. And I shared seeing women and men in their 70s and 80s and even early 90s out on the curling ice, enjoying themselves, being physically active, being social. What I'm now seeing is women in hockey doing the same thing. I play with women who are 15 to 20 years older than me. We have people with a replaced hip, with a pacemaker, with artificial knees, and they're still out there competing and having fun and being fit. And I know for me personally, this is as fit as I've been in a long, long time. Just from being out there, I don't go to the gym. I don't do those things. I just play hockey four or five times a week. To see that you don't have to be defined by age has been, I'm going to say, enlightening for me and also sort of inspirational because I want to be them 10, 15, 20 years from now so that I'm still playing then. Here you are in a hockey environment. What have you learned 
in this environment and how has it influenced other areas of your life? I've learned and I knew it before, but to take chances on some things. Like you said, we all, we sort of define ourselves sometimes by age. Oh, I can't possibly do that now. It's a big issue for women as they approach this age and start getting older that we tend to stop doing physical activity. Either we don't think there's a place for us or we can't do it anymore. For me, it's been, no, you can do it and you can do it reasonably well. You can do it safely. You can have a lot of fun with it. So making sure that that continues and finding that safe space. And I've also learned that I can still learn some things. Skating is not an easy thing to do. And being able to do that and combine hockey and then meet a bunch of just fabulous women and just enjoy that time that we spend together a couple hours at a time at the rink are the things I've taken away. And it brings me a lot of, of joy and confidence and faith in the community that's still out there. And that's very interesting that you say that because of all the times that I look back, it is a sense of belonging that has given me the greatest joy. Yes, I fully agree. I actually played with a team last week and we won the game with a blind and partially deaf goalie. I was playing in the afternoon and somebody said, will you come play with our team tonight? Oh, by the way, our goalie is blind. She plays blind hockey otherwise, but she's playing a little bit in a, a lower tier sighted league with, with us. So we're in warm-ups. Her seeing eye dog sits on the bench with us, has a blanket there, was even on the ice during some of warm-ups. While she's on the ice, we have to tell her is the play to her left, up the middle, to her right. She was fantastic. And the pure joy that everybody had, because that was her first sighted game win that she'd ever had. So we gave her the puck. We took photos. It was big win for her. But for the rest of us, it's one of those experiences that I don't know that I'll ever get again. It opens up this conversation about inclusion and what people are capable of. So happy this one night. I'd never played for this team before because I just helped them out to be part of it. It was a highlight in terms of my hockey playing. Sports is very unique in terms of this camaraderie that it creates. And to have that and see people so excited and willing to play two games a day or try different things along the way just to keep that going and to be part of it, that's the real fun part as far as I'm concerned. As we come to the end of the conversation, do you have any last words? Go out and try something. Go out and try something you've always wanted to do. For me, it was hockey, and I get it's not going to be hockey for everybody, but go try something you've wanted to do that you haven't done for a long time, that you're interested in. You'll be amazed in terms of what that does for you, not only sort of physically, but also spiritually, mentally, in terms of getting out there instead of being overly cautious. Give it a try, whatever that is for you. I'm certain that you're going to have a lot of fun along the way. Every day is a good day for hockey. Most definitely. I love talking about it. It's such a great part of my life now. And for me, it brings me so much joy these days, being able to play hockey and everything I've learned from it. Irina, I have really enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to many more in 2022. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you for joining Irina and me on Tea, Toast and Trivia. 
Listeners, I invite you to meet up with Irina on LinkedIn. And a very special thank you, Irina, for sharing your thoughts and experiences in playing hockey. You continue to inspire me with your commitment to fostering a sense of belonging within a team, environment, and community. As you said so well, hockey isn't an individual sport. It's played as a team. Scoring goals in hockey is always a team effort, regardless of who last touched the puck before it went into the net. And until next time we meet, keep safe, be well, and be bold. Hello.